Welcome back to the Whole Heffin Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Jimenez, with your NXT review and preview. I'm going to be reviewing NXT 2.0 second episode from September 21st, which was last Tuesday. Going over it, there was a lot on this show. A lot of new faces that I could barely keep up with. But let's go over it and see what happened with this show. Um, the show started with an in-ring promo. We heard Champa's music. Um, Tommaso Champa, the new NXT champion, comes out to a ring that has um, some of the new NXT 2.0 stars in it already. Does a good promo where he basically lifts uplifts NXT, how he's proud of it and everything, and how he is the face. Um, some of the people in the ring when the promo starts, like I said, it's mostly new NXT faces, like Braun Breaker, Odyssey Jones, um, Joe Gacy, um, who else did I wrote down here? Oh yeah, Joe Brit or um, Josh Briggs and um, Jensen, whatever his name was, forgot, and uh, Carmella Hayes. Trick Williams. Um, the promo eventually uh, gets interrupted by Cameron Grimes, who declares his intentions for the NXT title or going for the NXT title. He gets interrupted by LA Knight, and Odyssey Jones um, tells LA Knight in a rather funny line that he lost twice last week. Um, when Grimes came out, Joe Gacy verbally confronted him and um anyway after the odyssey jones interrupts la knight pete dunn and ridge holland come out and pete dunn calls everyone in the ring a geezer for some reason and says nobody has the balls to punch anyone else in the face which leads to champo punching pete dunn in the face and then uh big downy broke in the ring a couple more people come to back come out I think um, Duke Hudson and Grizzled Young Veterans show up here. And there's a big brawl, and it ends up with um, Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa in the ring fighting Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland. Um, and after after um, Ciampa and Breaker clear the ring, Breaker gets on the mic and challenges Dunne and Holland to a match later tonight. That becomes the main event. So it was a big, um, big Downey Brook um, opening promo. Just gets everyone involved. Just lets you get familiar with the faces and the people that are going to be focal points in NXT 2.0. Um, after this, um, it cuts to an argument in the back between um, Kaylee Ray. And uh, another new NXT face, um, woman named Amari Miller, who's had a couple appearances on um, 205 Live since they've reshuffled that program. Um, but there's like a backstage pull apart between those two, and there's two few other people in the background I didn't recognize. Anyway, we get into our first match after a commercial break. 
which is Roderick Strong challenging Kushida for the Cruiserweight Championship. I originally thought this was going to be the main event, but they went a different direction. Um, this match was supposed to happen a few weeks ago, right after TakeOver. But um, that match got pushed back a few weeks while Kushida was recovering from COVID. And he has since recovered and was able to have his match now. In a lot of ways, it's a good thing this match got pushed back because it gave Diamond Mine time to get better established. Since since that match happened, um, Diamond Mine has added the Creed Brothers, and last week they added Ivy Nile. All of those people got involved. Um, Diamond Mine did need to um, rebuild after um, one of their main people when they showed up. Tyler Rust was released with all the other people that got released August 6th. So, Diamond Nine needed to basically take a step back, rebuild, and reorganize, which is fine, and they did that. Still built around Malcolm Bivens and the quote-unquote coach Hachiman from uh, the Japanese guy there. And Roderick Strong is still the center point. And... Him and Kushida had a nice, um, it was, it, I mean, the match was fine. It wasn't anything special, but, um, it went through two segments. A lot of interference led to Kushida losing the Cruiserweight Championship to Roderick Strong. And then after the match, Kushida disappears um, from ringside. Diamond, Diamond Mine starts to cut a promo and Grayson Waller shows up. Another person who has had some matches on 205 Live, uh, he had a match about a month ago, a, a tag match with Drake Maverick, and um, I think they lost to Imperium or something like that, don't remember exactly, but um, that was his other appearance on NXT, but this was, I guess, served as his true introduction to the, the Tuesday night audience, since we barely knew who he was before. But he challenges Roderick Strong to a match next week for the Cruiserweight Championship. They discuss a little bit and decide they're going to accept that challenge. So that builds up for a match next week. It'll introduce a new, another new character in Grayson Waller, who's um, he was in the Independence as um, I think um, Maddie Wahlberg or something like that down in Australia. So. From what I've seen of him, he looks like he's pretty good. But we'll see how good he is against Roderick Strong, who's definitely one of the measuring sticks of NXT. Um, after this... Let me see. We had... Okay, they were they introduced Kaylee Ray for the um, next match. And then um, go into a promo with... Tony D'Angelo, which I think they might have done that before the commercial break. And then during Kaylee Ray's um, pro, um, introduction, they cut to a vignette featuring um, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen going over how they met and became a tag team. It gave us a reason to give a crap about them, because last week they just randomly showed up and lost, which is fine, but... Who are these people? Why do I care? 
Now I can't. Now I have a reason to care, which is fine. Let's build these people. They got into a bar fight after Briggs lost his um. Excuse me, Briggs lost his um breakout tournament match. He was in the bar all mad and got into a scuffle with Brooks Jensen. And I guess they built respect or something like that. It sounds very APA-ish. But either way, they flow into the next match, which was Kaylee Ray in a quick match um, beating Amari Miller, who is, like I said before, another new, another talent they've shown on 205 Live a couple times. Um, she has an interesting exit entrance that reminds me of Emma back in early NXT with bubbles and poppy, poppy music. But she needs more time really to develop her character we'll see where she is in the front they gave one of those little corner um corner screen um interview things where they have her introduce herself apparently she's from kansas city and has a lot of um athletic credentials we'll see how all that works in the future right now she was just fodder for kaylee ray and i should probably turn the lights off for this but um after that, I can't read my own writing. I apologize. But, um, whose promo was this? Anyway, give me a moment. We'll come back. Well, we came back from the commercial after the Kaylee Ray victory and a Braun Breaker promo with him staring at Goldie since. Tommaso Ciampa came into that promo and then there was a small, short vignette promoting a person by the name of John Tae Chen who was apparently the first um, WWE signee from Singapore and his debut is up next and he's going against uh, Trey Baxter who we remember from the breakout tournament um, Trey Baxter is an interesting case because it seems like he's going to be the last of the quote-unquote indie darlings that WWE signed, at least for the time being. We'll see if that holds to be true. But um, he, came, he came on the independent scene, and here he does um, the, the job duties for a new wrestler known as Dante Chen, who is, um, like I just said, from Singapore. Um has a decent look to him doesn't look very big but um he wins with a neat um fin new finisher that i've never seen before it looked like a one-winged version of or a one-armed version of the uh, wing clipper that angel garza does um it looked hurt looked like it hurt so hey if it looks if it looks convincing that's cool i don't know if he's gonna be able to do it to bigger people but we've seen garza do his move to kevin owens so I guess it's possible. Anyway, um, after this, there is, um, actually right before this, there was another strange random backstage segment with um, Zion Quinn, the former Daniel Vito, I think that was his original name. He was Shane Thorne's um, tag partner for a short time. Um, he was walking in with a couple of Women who I think just got names, but I don't remember what they are. 
um, and some another person we don't know tries to cut in front of them. He holds them off, says ladies first, lets ladies in, then closes the door and shoves this, this other person into the door, slams his head into it. After that person tells him, dude, Chivalry is dead. And I guess um, Zion Quinn's going to be building his thing on respect. I don't know. We have to be introduced to these new characters better. Like, I need names because I don't know who these people are. Anyway, that was before the um, Dante Chen Trey Baxter match. After that match, we had a set, another um, vignette for. Andre Chase University. Andre Chase, the former Harlem Bravado. Um, in, 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 we got introduced to him in the breakout tournament. Um, he looked like he was about to be... Um, he looks like he's going to be really reminding me of a Dean Douglas or Matt Stryker character. With a um, one of those um, college... Um, wearing a college um, sweater type thing. And um, it was a, it was an interesting vignette. It's like all of a sudden, oh, I have a reason to care about this guy. Okay, they're giving you they're giving us storylines and or, and reasons to care. He's whining about Odyssey Jones is um, loss in the breakout tournament finals. Um, one of his students, a man named Steve, points out that Chase lost to Odyssey Jones. He gets mad, kicks Steve out of his um class and then throws a chair across the room it's kind of funny it's like oh this guy has character all right that works for me so anyway that ends and then we get a quick um vignette with um saying Cameron Grimes will be up next after the commercial break and then we go into that match we'll explain some of that when you come back we come back from the break, and we get introduced to Joe Gacy in the ring. No, um, no music. He's just in the ring and starts and has a mic, and starts talking. And we're not really sure what this gimmick is that Joe Gacy is introducing. It almost sounds like a conflict. I guess he's going for a conflict resolver. Or, and he, he mentions safe spaces a couple times, which got this onto Fox News. Whether that's a good thing or bad thing is up to you. But um, anyway, he has a pretty good match with um, Cameron Grimes here. Grimes goes over in the end. And after the match, Joe Gacy goes to, to shake Grimes' hand. I guess he figures the conflict is resolved. And then goes and gives Grimes a hug and a thumbs up, which... Weird, um, but because this gimmick has, in the days after, drawn attention that may not have been wanted, it looks like they've removed this from all the YouTube and social media, so this gimmick may be dead on arrival. Um, we're not really sure what it is when we first see it, but um, I've described it originally as uh, Republicans interpretation of a social justice warrior but i'm not entirely sure that's what they were going for we may never know what they're going for at this point but um 
one thing that is obvious from this match is Joe Gacy is pretty good. If you saw his stuff in Evolve and elsewhere, you know that already. But um, we'll see what develops in the future for Joe Gacy. If he has to reset his character entirely, it is what it is. But anyway, after that, we have... Sorry, I'm going through my list right now. Oh, we had um uh, Index Wedding Recap. Okay, they were showing the highlights of um, last week's wedding with Index. And then um, they get ready for the next match where they start playing the music for Electra Lopez. And during this entrance, we get a vignette of Von Wagner, who we know got thrown into the main event last week. The um, championship match held his own, but we still don't know much about him. But this this vignette, okay, gives me something. He, he works out hard and throws tires around. I got that from this. But anyway, Electra Lopez is introduced, and I really like her look with the... Um, the big hat, the summer summer bonnet type hat type thing. She looks like a queen pin type. And then she goes up against a woman who is um given the name Anna Shear. Um those of us who watch other wrestling recognize this woman. This was um Tessa Price from um we've seen many times on AEW Dark. Um cute independent wrestler um i think she has a great look they should really consider bringing her in on a more permanent basis from what i remember seeing from her in dark i think she has potential but here she is doing the job duty for electra lopez does a good job bumping around for her and electra lopez does this kind of scoop suplex into a powerbomb finisher um i didn't mind it i liked it and she gets the one, two, three with that. Then the um, whole Legado de Fantasma gets on the mic. And that they start talking crap on um, Hit Row. Hit Row comes out without B-Fab. He winds up coming through the crowd behind Legado de Fantasma, jumping Electra Lopez. And you have a little pull-apart brawl. And this is all to build a no-disqualification match for next week. Um... Uh, Electra Lopez looked better than B-Fab did last week in her debut. So, this is probably the, a good way to go. I'm guessing this match next week is going to end up in a brawl with everyone. So, we'll see what happens with that. And the show keeps moving along. And then um, we have a quick backstage segment with Trey Baxter... Um, and Cora Jade comes over to, um, talk to him, and then we find out that, um, they are actually in a relationship. This is actually true in real life as well. And Cora Jade comes in, tries to encourage him, and then plants him a nice big kiss. Oh, isn't that cute? But it gives us direction for both characters, because both of them look like they were directionless. So... We'll see what that goes from there. Then we get ready for the next match, which features Odyssey Jones. 
So we come back from this next break. Odyssey Jones is in the ring. And then we get a quick vignette of um, Frankie Monet, Robert Stone, and Jesse Kamea walking around. Looks like towards William Regal's office. Raquel Gonzalez comes out of Regal's office and informs them that they she just got what she wanted, which is a match next week for the NXT Women's title. So that match has now been pushed off for two weeks and will apparently happen this coming week. Well, we'll see if this is um, how this match goes, but at least we're getting the match then. And then another person comes out. Um, I think her name's Lash Legend or something like that. And she announces that she just got approval for a, her interview segment for next week. The debut of Lashes Out. Don't know anything about this woman either. So we'll see if she has the... Um, she must have the personality to carry an interview show. We'll find out this next week. But either way, we go back to the ring. Odyssey Jones is in a handicap match. Against two Hammeneggers, pretty much. They go by the name of Carrie Millum. I think that was his name, and a Drew Chapetta, or no, I can't, Darren Chapetta, that was, the, that was the other guy's name. Anyway, it's two Hammeneggers, it's basically Odyssey Jones squashing two guys, literally with a second rope splash to, to win the match. And then after this match, or during the match, um, Andre Chase came out and was standing in the um, entranceway, and then when Odyssey Jones won, um, Andre Chase came in with a chair, tried to hit him with a chair, He's, and um, Odyssey swats the chair away, the seat part of the chair breaks off, so it's clearly a gimmick chair, and he just, um, and um, Chase just bows out after that. It's like, I'm not messing with this guy, he just destroyed the chair. It is what it is, hey, they're building a feud. With two new guys. I'm okay with that. And then um, they have a, another backstage segment. With um, Grayson Waller. Speaking with a couple guys. Including um, who I wasn't sure who it was. I thought it was MSK. But it didn't look like them on second viewing. And then um, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams come in. Tell him it doesn't matter if he wins next week. Because they have... A contract for any title they want and they can cash it at any time so it's just building that heat a little bit they talk amongst themselves a little bit and then they get distracted by toxic attraction walking by them as they're going towards the ring for their interview segment promo segment and they're impressed but then we get a commercial break again and when we come back from that commercial break, we get new music for Toxic Attraction, which, if you recall, is Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan, and um, yeah, JC Jane. And while they're coming in, we get another vignette for Ike Manjiro, the guy with the jacket, who had the, the rings under the jacket. Um, yes, last week. And he is... Telling us that you've heard of Japanese Strong Style, but he is style strong with his collection of jackets and all that. 
Um, this is going to be an interesting gimmick because this is the kind of thing that I think can work excellently in NXT, but is probably destined for 24-7 fodder on the main roster. But hey, if it works, it might work great. But time will tell. He look, um, from what we've seen of Jiro, he looks like he's good in the ring, which can only help. So, um, anyway, we go, go back to um, live action and uh, Toxic Attraction coming to the ring, all of them looking smoking hot. And Mandy um, goes and explains that she came to NXT because NXT needs a woman like her, blah, blah, blah. Gigi Dolan talks a little bit, and then JC Jane talks a little. Um, I think Mandy and Gigi looked comfortable. JC looked a little shaky, but she was all right. She, they had her describe the eventual point of the promo, which was to ch they were challenging Io Shirai and Zoe Stark for the Women's Tag Team Championships after the promo. They cut back to Io and um, Zoe talking to uh, Mackenzie McKenzie and um, Io saying she doesn't like either of them and saying that she'll take them on. Zoe's like, uh, wait, you didn't discuss this with me? But eventually they agree to, yeah, they'll, they'll take them on. And then um, Persia Parada comes up. Um, you remember Indy's best friend in the wedding? Um, yeah, she's she's a she's a good sized woman. She looks like she's probably five ten, five eleven. Um, solidly built, looks great. Um, her and um, she indicates that her when Indy comes back from her honeymoon, they're going to be going for the tag women's tag titles as well, which is great because Candice LeRae can't be wrestling with a baby on the way, so gives Indy something else to do. And it also allows Indy to be, um, to keep her tag role while she develops, which is fine. Um, I've seen, um, some independent stuff of Persia Carrado when she was going by her real name of Steph Delander in Australia. Um, she's, she looks like she should be pretty good. We'll see how the NXT training works with her. And then um, we get to the main event after this. <laughs> well, I started talking and wasn't recording, but that's okay. Um, anyway, the main event is Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland going up against Tommaso Ciampa and Braun Breaker. This was the match of the night. Solid match. Um, Braun Breaker clearly looks like a main eventer here. And if he's going to be rubbing elbows with the likes of Pete Dunne and Tommaso Ciampa... He'll learn to be a main eventer pretty quick. Um, this match, solid back and forth. Um, Breaker definitely looking like his dad and uncle. Even had him do a Steiner recliner at one point. And um, the end came when um, Pete Dunne tried to introduce um, Ridge Holland's truncheon. And Champa threw it outside the ring. Holland went to go get it. And then he got jumped by Kyle O'Reilly. Ref saw none of that. Um, Pete Dunne winds up getting nailed by Willow's Bell, and then, um, Holland, who had just gotten beat up with the truncheon in Kyle O'Reilly's hands, um, falls victim to Braun Breaker's 
um, Gorilla Press into a Power Slam. And one, two, three, match over. Um, Breaker again, trying to stare down Goldie. And eventually lets, lets it go for Champa, the hands raise. Match over, night over. Um, good episode, a lot of going on. Um, kind of a breakneck pace. Um, we don't really know all these people yet. I mean, there's several people that I had to look up. Um, but we're getting there. They're, they're trying to introduce as many new people as they can. This is apparently what, um, the powers that be, your Vince McMahons, Bruce Richards, Kevin Dunn's want of NXT. They changed the look of it. It's fine. Um... One thing I've noticed is that um, all the people making fun of NXT in the lead-up to the rebrand last week seem to have shut up after they watched it. And um, it's not being made fun of as much online. Now there's genuinely... seems like there's genuine interest in what's new, what's coming. Which is probably the point. But... It looks like the reboot of NXT is off to the right foot after two weeks. We'll see if the met, if it continues. Um, this week they are advertising that this is going to be the Women's Day, which they have like three or four women's segments planned. Um, and, um, there's a women's title match between Frankie One and champion Raquel Gonzalez. Wouldn't be surprised to see a title change, but it wouldn't expect it either. Um... There may be a title change in the Women's Tag Championship match, which is Toxic Attraction going up against Zoe Stark and Io Shirai. Um, Timing seems great, because I think Io, I've been saying for like a year and a half, is destined for the main roster, and it should really happen. They should really drop the belts, and then Io goes to main rosters, and we find a new partner, or, or goes elsewhere. Who knows what? She's established now. Um, they are also advertising another championship match next week for um, for the cruiserweight championship between Roderick Strong and Grayson Waller. Uh, I don't think there's a title change happening here. It just changed this week, but we'll see. We'll see how Waller does. And there, and another match being advertised this week is. Um, B-Fab going up against Electra Lopez in a notice qualification match. Um, Lopez looked better than B-Fab so far, but we'll see how that all shakes out. I'm thinking there's going to be faction warfare. And then and then there's also a um, something called lashing out with this lash legend lady who I don't know anything about. But that's going to be an interview segment. We'll see how that goes. But that's what's coming up for NXT. Um, we're on week. We're now in week three of the NXT 2.0 reboot, and it seems like all the negativity that was coming out leading up to it has dissipated. At least most of it has. We still have the AEW faithful that want to crap everything. That. WWE does um 
We just had Extreme Rules last night with its one Extreme Rules match and its weird ending, but that's a whole different subject. But, um, they definitely did bring the in-ring in Extreme Rules last night, which, which was fine. All the in-ring stuff was good. Um, gives the NXT people something to shoot for. And it lets them know that, yeah, you guys are new, you guys are fresh. But the main roster is still going to be putting out what they can for quality wrestling. And now now NXT is back to focusing like it did back in 2013 to 2015 about trying to establish new characters and not just in-ring work rate. And we'll see how this goes. It's going well so far. But the future is still unwritten and I will keep watching it every week and hopefully um, real life won't get as in the way as it did in the last week so I can put these out in better timing but I do thank you all for listening to the whole heffin show with me Jeremy Menace thank you have a nice day and remember, watch wrestling.